Lag Boimer, Rabbi Say. Heilige, Heilige Lag Boimer. Azad Day. So I want to spend a few minutes discussing the Inyanim of Lag Boimer and uh, obviously the connection to the Heilige of Shimon, of course. We did a bit this morning, but we'll continue with a little bit of a different, a bit of a different derech. So we all know, we're all familiar with the famous story the Gemara tells us very clearly that Rabbi Kiva, the Heilige Rabbi Kiva, was 40 years old when he decided the time has come to sit and learn Torah. Time has come to sit and learn. And um, until that stage, he was a very, you know, simple person. And he would basically take care of a lot of his physical needs, uh, not his spiritual needs. And uh, like many of our avoids and Moshe Rabbeinu himself, he was a shepherd. Heidegger Rabbi Kiva was a shepherd. And um, it's interesting because how does it work that a 40-year-old man all of a sudden decides to learn Torah? A 40-year-old man decides to return to Yiddishkeit, sit and learn, and became who he became, of which we know was an incredible, incredible thing. And we all know the story, and we're familiar with the story, but for the sake of what I want to mention, I think it's important to go over the story, which again is a Mufurusha Chazal, that was walking one day in the field, and he saw a tremendous, tremendous miracle. Um, he saw an incredible miracle which... Unlike Moshe Rabbeinu, who saw something completely supernatural, Rabbi Kiva saw something which was almost natural and almost something which didn't, you know, strike him as anything incredible. But he came across a rock, and he looked at this rock and he saw there was a little cavity, there was a little hole that was sort of in this, the bottom of the rock, and he was, you know, looking at it and pondering exactly how that happened. And he saw how it happened because he saw a drop of water every so often that sort of dripped on exactly the same spot, again, and again, and again, drip, drip, drip. And he saw that the koyach of a little bit of water, water is not something powerful, water is not something heavy, it's not something that can generally form anything in even a piece of plastic. But he saw that after the many years of it dropping down, it managed to bear a hole in the rock, which was something incredible, and he noticed that. And he understood something very, very incredible. He understood that if a little bit of water can penetrate through a rock, then basically Torah, which is also an incredible tougher steel, can penetrate his mind. And that's the, what he made up at that moment. That's the, his decision that Rabbi Kiva made at that time. Now, what was the lesson of the rock? What was really the lesson that Rabbi Kiva was learning himself? So Rabbi Kiva was basically... He could have learned a few things. He could have learned that Torah is learned drop by drop. In other words, Torah is learned little by little, which you add up and accumulate more and more, which is definitely true. And it definitely bears truth to a lot of things. But something more than that, and something more appropriate was, when he witnessed this uh, water crushing a rock, then it shows that even a rock which is very, very, very big, and almost impossible to, to change a rock. You know, if you want to go and chisel out a rock, you have to take equipment and tools in order to chisel it out and drills and all sorts of things. You can't just take a, you know, you can't take your fingers and start pushing it down. It doesn't work that way, right? So he understood that his brain, that up until that stage, had never been intellectually challenged, had never been really gone into the depths of what Yiddishkeit is and how the world was created and the Rabbi Nishlam and everything else, so then he will be able to penetrate his mind. And that was one of the lessons that it is. And that was the breakthrough that Rabbi Kiva had at that time. He went, as we know, to, to learn Torah at that time. And not only did he learn Torah, he went along to teach Torah. And he became one of the most popular Rebbeim ever to exist. Over 20,000 Talmidim. And where did it all come from? One small drop of water. Okay, now, 
On and move on. What is the reason for the celebration of Lag Boimeh? Why do we have Lag Boimeh? Right? It's, a, it's a very interesting thing. And, and maybe perhaps we'll discuss this maybe in the mornings a little bit. You know, we have Svira Sa'imah from Pesach until Shavuos. And the minig is to observe various types of Avelis of mourning for at least 33 days. First half, second half, whatever it is. It's very interesting. Lag Boimeh is a Semcha. Why? Because they stop dying. That's a reason to celebrate. I understand. It's a wonderful thing. They stop dying. It's beautiful. But to make a Zayyontuf because they stop dying. What, what, what is the reason? We, we never have such a thing. Such a yontav because they stop dying. So there are many famous reasons for Lag Boimeh, of which we'll probably go through in the morning. What I want to do now is I want to actually discuss one of the less known reasons of the celebration of Lag Boimeh. And I think it's important. It's important because, again, I've said this, I said already this morning, this, that when we do something, it's Kedai to know why we do it. Many times we do things in life and we have no idea what we're doing. You know, well, even, even, even to the simple things, right? Even to this, this week, Parshas Emma, all the Yom Tovim. How many of us really know the depths of every Yom Tov? But we do it anyway. How many of us know the depths of Shabbos Kodesh, of Tefillin, of Tzitzit, of Negevasa? But we do it anyway. Now that's okay. Sometimes you have to do it anyway up, up until you learn the lesson. But the idea should be that eventually you understand why you're doing it. And it's very, very important. It adds a lot of meaning to the mitzvah. The Chinuch, as we know, writes, Tamiya Mitzvah the taste of mitzvahs. It's very schmuck to get a taste of a mitzvah. The taste of the mitzvah isn't the mitzvah. When you taste the food, it's not the food. You're tasting the taste of the food. The food itself is something you digest, it's something that goes in. But the taste is geschmack. It's, it's nice for something to have a nice taste. It doesn't need to have a nice taste, but it's geschmack. So therefore, it's a kedai for us to know at least one of the reasons why like Boimah is what it is. You're going to go to Meron, you're going to see people dancing, people happy, people besimcha, and, and it's taka beautiful. And it really is. And you get nimshach achra, right? Bayachai nimshach, tashoecha, we get... That's how it is. But why? So I want to go through one of the unknown. Well, it's not unknown, but one of the less known reasons that, again, it's a Gemara, it's Chazal, tell us very, very clearly what happened. Okay? Now, the Gemara tells us that one of the closest relationships that exist, one of, is a Talmud and a Rebbe. A Talmud and a Rebbe have a tremendously close relationship. Why? It's due to many things, but one of them is also because the Talmud understands that his Rebbe is giving him Olam Abba, his Rebbe is giving him a Halacha Chaim, is teaching him how to live, is teaching him how to live in a successful, in a happy, and very productive way, and therefore it gives him purpose for life, which is a very important thing. That's why he has a very, very close relationship with his Rebbe. Can you imagine, when you had Rebbe Akiva, Rebbe Akiva had 24,000 Talmudim, right? Now, he had a connection, I'm sure, to all of them. And between Pesach and Shavuos, which is a very short amount of time, it's not a long time, over 24,000 Talmidim died. Could you understand what that is? I just said this morning, I think, to Nasmeya, I said, you know, how hard it is for me on a personal level every year where boys leave the yeshiva. And it happens, and it's fine, and it's good, it's meant to be that way. Baruch Hashem, boys move on, boys go back, whatever it is that they go, they go to the place that they're going to go to. I find it very, very hard. What can I tell you? I walk in the dorms in the summer and it's like empty and like, where, where is everyone? Right? And even on a Bainas Manim. But it, it's, when, when guys leave, it's, what can I tell you? It's very, very hard. It's what it is, right? Baruch Hashem, we have, a great, we have a great relationship. We're very close and it's very hard when guys leave. Can you imagine Rabbi Kiva? These Talmidim died. 24,000 Talmidim in the time between Pesach and Shavuos? Can you imagine what Rabbi Kiva felt in that time? Can you imagine? Uh, what a tremendous tragedy, right? 33 days. Unbelievable. Now, these Talmidim who died were not just as Talmidim, but these were Talmidim that he had given smicha to. Now, what is smicha? Let me explain what smicha is. The Nitziv, the Parshas Pinchos, 
Nehemek Dava, tells us, Smicha is not just you tested the guy and he knows Yeridea. He knows how to pass in Hilcha Shabbos. But you're actually continuing the chain of Klal Yisrael. Because the Mishnah tells us the beginning of Pirkei Yavis, Moshe Kibbal Torim Sinai. So Moshe gave it over to Aaron and Aaron to the Zakanim, and then it went from generation to generation, from, from Rebbe to Talmud, from Rebbe to Talmud, and every generation, Rebbein gave over Torah to their Talmudim. So Smicha wasn't just, you have Smicha and they have his difficult. Now your father-in-law will be happy. You put it on the wall. And Gavaldi, now you can pass in all the Shailas. doesn't work that way. Smicha then, a little bit different to what it is now, but Smicha then was continuing the chain of Klal Yisrael. So many of the 24,000 Talmudim that died between Pesach and Shavuos actually had Smicha, which was a tremendous loss for Klal Yisrael, not only for Abikiva, because it meant that the future of Klal Yisrael was at stake over here. Who knew, who knew what would happen? Who was going to teach Klal Yisrael? Who was going to be the Rabbonim? Who would be the Ranhikim, the Tzadikim? Who would ruin, run the generation? What would happen? Who, who, what's going to be with Klal Yisrael? That's what happens over here. Now, all these Talmud Rabbi Kiva, when Smicha died, Rabbi Kiva said, we have a big problem. We have a major problem. <laughs> I'm not going to live forever. All my Talmudim that I trained for Smicha which again, wasn't just a piece of paper, but was a Mahalach HaChaim, which was to get the next generation involved, had died. Now I'm stuck. What do I do at this stage? So he looked at his remaining Talmidim, and he decided there was only one of all his Talmidim that were left that could be Roy fitting for Smicha. And that was Rabbi Huda Ben Bava. Rabbi Huda Ben Bava, so he, Rabbi Kiva, sat and he trained him and he gave him smicha on Lag Boimah. By the way, there's a minute brought down that some people received the smicha on Lag Boimah because of this. So Bikiva sat with his Talmud, his one and only Talmud that he felt was Roy, Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba, and he gave him smicha on that day. One of the reasons, by the way, for celebrating on Lag Boimah is he received smicha, which was incredible. Let's continue the story. On that day, Rabbi Kiva decided that there must be more. It cannot be we can have one Talmud with smicha. There's got to be more. Who's going to run the next generation? So he went with five of his Talmidim to the south of Eretz Yisrael. And these Talmidim, listen carefully, were as follows. Reb Meir, Reb Yehuda, Reb Shimon, Reb Yaisi, and Reb Nechemia. These were the five Talmidim Reb Kiva took in order to go and train them in Smicha also. However, there was a problem. And the problem was, before Reb Kiva was able to give them Smicha, he was captured by the Romans and he was one of the Asari Ruge Malchus, and he was killed in a very, very horrific fashion, and he died. Which means, he died without having to give them smicha. Now, you have to understand as well, the Romans at that time understood that smicha was very important. They had banned smicha. They had said, anyone that gets smicha, number one, gets put to death, and number two, the town that they are in will be totally destroyed. Why? Because they again understood Smicha was the continuation of Klal Yisrael. We need to wipe out Klal Yisrael. So if we wipe out Smicha, there'll be no continuation of Klal Yisrael. So they understood what it means. So they killed him at the right time in their eyes because this way nobody will get Smicha. Now, what happened next? So the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Huda ben Bava went with these five Talmidim, right? That Rabbi Kiva originally wanted to give Smicha to. And he went to a valley. Right, a valley, right, a low place between two mountains, far away from anywhere, to in order not to get caught. And he sat with them, Yoimun Valoila, teaching them smicha, teaching them the mahalach, in order to eventually give them smicha. The Romans at the time discovered what was happening. The troops, the army, came into the valley. And Rabbi Huda started hearing the troops coming. 
he realizes what's going on. He's been caught. He's stuck. What does he do now? So he basically quickly gave them smicha. They were right at that time. He quickly ordained them all. They all got smicha. And he told them all, get out of here. Run. I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'll attract the, the army will come to me. You get out of here. This way you'll be able to escape. Because by the time they capture me and they find you, it's not going to be Negea. They said, Rebbe, what's going to be with you? And he said, don't worry about it. I'm a stone that cannot be overturned. And uh, he gave that the chance to escape. And the Gemara tells us in the Sanhedrin Yudalad that the Romans threw so many spears into Rabbi Huda ben Bava that his body basically looked like a sieve with so many holes from the spears that he had. Okay, so they killed him in a terrible, terrible way. Now, by Sir Rabbi Kiva, at the time of this story, the Seyed Adoris tells us, was 92 years old. Right? It, it, unbelievable. If Rabbi Kiva could have turned around and said, you know, lost all these Tamidim, I'm going back a little bit, could have turned around and said, I give up, I, I can't do this anymore. But Rabbi Kiva said, no, I'm not taking a day off, I'm continuing. I'm going to continue, even though I lost all my Talmudim. There's a couple left, there's a few left. I'm going to com- continue going. Why? Because he learned from the drop of water. He learned from that little drop of water that he learned every drop can eventually penetrate. And he said, even one drop can do something. And therefore, if I've got one Talmud left, I'm going to go with that Talmud. And that's an incredible thing. You know why? Because today, right? Tovshin Pe'alav, 2021, we learn from these Talmudim. How do we know that? Because what do we learn from? Mishnah, Sifra, Sifri, Tosefta, and Seder Olam. The Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us that any Stam Mishnah is who? Rameya. Any Sifra is Rabbi Huda. Every Sifri is Rabbi Shimon. Every Tosefta is Rabbi Nechemiah, and Seder Olam is Rabbi So on Lagba Oymah, what happened at that time was the future of all Klal Yisrael. The Torah that we learn today was because of what happened over there. It's because Rabbi Kiva continues, because Rabbi Kiva persevered. And where did that start? With the one drop of water. Rabbi said the message that we should penetrate within us on Lagba is one drop of water caused all of that story to happen. Caused our Torah that we learn today to be the Torah of Rabbi Kiva that continued and persevered when he was so bad. When anything could have happened, he could have been depressed and everyone would have said, it's fine, we understand why you're depressed. You just lost your Talmidim, Shemirachim, 24,000 of them in the space of a few weeks. But no, he continued and he kept on going. The message of Lag right? It could be hard. Life has its challenges. Life is difficult sometimes. As the Messiah Shisham says, Kol Everything's an assign. Our whole life sometimes could be an assign. It's difficult, it's hard. Keep on going. Keep on going. Drop after drop. Day after day. If yesterday was a bad day, today will be a good day. If last hour was a bad hour, this hour will be a good hour. That's the message of Lag Boimeh. Take that message. Live that message. And the Ezra Hashem, the Rabbani Shem, will give us all the Valdegas, the Atadish Maya.